Hello and welcome to the First Class Escapes podcast brought to you by First Class Holidays. Now, are you looking to be inspired by some of the most incredible destinations from around the world? Well, then you are definitely in the right place. Join us on a journey of discovery for beautiful destinations as we get advice, tips and insider knowledge, more importantly, from the people who have actually been there. I'm TV and radio presenter Jenny Powell, your host. And on this episode, we're taking a step into the glorious wilderness of Canada's least populated province, the Yukon. So once again, we have Paula from First Class Holidays. How are you? I'm good, thank you. All good? Yes, definitely. Nice to see you. Now, I know, as always, you've got all the advice that we need on booking the perfect break, Paula. So what can we expect this week? Well, we're going to hear about the awesomeness that is the Yukon (laughs) and just the sheer enchantment. And we've got some obviously very special guests and just everything from what you can expect to travel as an intrepid explorer to um, a family holiday to going gold panning or going glacier um, flight seeing or anything like that. It's just a wonderful destination and we just want to share some tips and advice and type of places you can go and the type of holiday you can experience as part of a Canadian adventure. See, I've got no idea about the Yukon, apart from I know it's vast mm-hmm. and there's, it's very diverse. It is. Um, so I am really excited to hear all about it. Yeah, no, definitely. It's almost one of Canada's best kept secrets. Ah, I see. Yeah. So you're giving away your secrets mm, now. And joining us too, we have three fascinating guests who are better placed than many to talk us through everything the Yukon can offer. And firstly, we're going to speak to Chris and Neil Lucas. Now, they're the father and son team who canoed, wait for it, 500 miles through one of Canada's remotest rivers and filmed it all as part of their fascinating documentary called The Yukon Assignment, currently on Netflix. And also we'll talk to Della Tully of Tourism Yukon to get the inside track on what you can expect from a Yukon escape. So firstly, Chris and Neil, uh, can you just tell us about your documentary, Father Son, you look like you're still getting on. But yeah, just tell us about the adventure that you've had. Uh, well, it's the, the documentary um, covers uh, a sort of compression of time, I suppose, a month-long adventure um, paddling a, a, a really wild uh, river out in the Yukon. We went down the uh, the Wind River and that went into the Peel. We went across the Arctic Circle um, and uh, it ended just shy of the Arctic Ocean, really, where they, we have the, the Dempster Highway that goes right across the top there um, to get picked up to take back. Um, and it and it follows our adventure and the things that things that we got up to the um, uh, the, the paddling through that that wilderness landscape a few uh, uh, wildlife encounters um, some of them uh, friendly some of them less friendly uh, particularly with a um, an adolescent bear who took a bit of a shine to us but fortunately left us alone eventually it's it's quite a gentle story. Hopefully it's a bit of a reflection on kind of taking that time to, to have those chats around the campfire and spend time together as a family. And kind of what we wanted from it uh, originally is that people are left being inspired and, and hopefully quite impressed by the landscape because that's, that is, it is, I think somebody described it as a love letter to the wilderness. And I suppose it is that in a little way that, that we loved it so much that we wanted to show it off to best effect. But also that they're kind of left with the, the notion that actually perhaps they, could get in contact with a, a family member or a friend and and take the time to have those those deeply meaningful conversations and, and spending time together and one of the joys from the project and and since the film's been out 
with um, uh, Yukon Travel Support. We went on a theatrical release through cinemas up and down uh, the United Kingdom, um, and uh, and it's, it's it's now been out both on Amazon and Netflix. That a lot of people have got in contact, and they've done just that. They've they've either had a, a simple conversation with uh, someone that's that's dear to them that they, that they haven't spoken to for a while, and a lot of people have gone out on adventures with those people as well. So you know, it might be just a sort of bike ride quite locally, or some people have gone on some really big adventures. Uh, so that's that's been a really exciting uh, legacy, I guess, from our trip. So really exciting, and um, what you know, what what an amazing thing to do, and 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 how it must have um, affected you know other people's relationships, be it father son or just between two friends. Um, it's a lovely thing to do and inspire people to do. Um, overall, were you pleased with the result? You know, with uh, traveling all that way with your son and going through all those amazing <laughs> experiences. Yes, I mean, you gave me back all that I'd hoped you would. And probably quite a lot more that I wasn't expecting. Um, something like this takes a lot of planning, quite a lot of money, and uh, a fair bit of determination and putting aside time for. And the fact that the film is paying paying back in interest and excitement in, in us and in others is just a bonus. Mirroring what Chris said, I mean, I've been stopped in the street several times. You were in that film! I've been talking to my dad about that. We, we, and it does happen. Oh, it has happened. That's such a lovely thing to be able to say that you've, you've helped to, to encourage for, for other people. Um, so how did it all come about that, that you two, father and son, decided to pack yourselves off to such a remote place and uh, decide to get on um, in all extremes? We were just chatting around Duke of Edinburgh Ward sort of journeys from my youth and Christopher's not-so-far-back youth. Um, and I inadvertently muttered that I had had a chance to go on a canoeing trip across the lakes of Sweden. And rashly as he, as he is, he said, well, we could do that. And it progressed from there. Didn't really want to do that. Wanted to do something a bit wilder. Uh, so Chris came up with this wondrous plan that would take his aged father to national parks where wardens would keep an eye on him and make sure he didn't get eaten by anything too wild and toothy. <laughs> but I suppose going back a very long way, even remembering Charlie Chaplin film, um, the Yukon sort of came to mind. Uh, I'd always been fascinated by it. The the folklore attached to it, the myths about the the fortunes lost and won, the gold rush, everything about it. So I suggested we might go for something a little more ambitious. So Chris, were you up for this suggestion then? Yeah, I, I I can't remember having a huge amount of uh, choice in it, if I'm completely <laughs> honest. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's an area of the world that's always had a huge amount of appeal for me as well. It just ticked more and more boxes: the 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 full remoteness of it, the bears, the wolves, the fact that you have to strap a canoe to the bottom of a float plane to even access the rivers. Um, it is a, a true wilderness destination, and that that really appealed to us. Um, being completely self-sufficient and, and by ourselves for, for that length of time. Through all those experiences, what, what are your most memorable? I'm, I'm sure there are loads, but, but what, what springs to mind? It has to be the country, the wilderness. Uh, it's the openness, the fact that you're there. And for as far as you can see, it's just fabulously empty. Very quiet. I and mean, if there is a sound, you'll hear it from miles away. And it's just absolutely breathtakingly wonderful. 
No, I, I definitely agree with that. And I think particularly coming from the United Kingdom, which uh, obviously has very beautiful places as well. I don't want to do down our own country. But we, we just don't get that sense of scale, the um, uh, the magnificence of it. And the, From a Canadian perspective, the area we were canoeing through is reasonably small. It's just one watershed. But to give you an idea, it's the size of Scotland, just that one little watershed that we were canoeing through. So um, for us, that was quite mind-blowing. And, and uh, yeah, it's, it's that escapism, really, that, that you get in a place like that. So I'm sure you both had your moments, those sort of like moments when you have an epiphany, you know, be it sitting by the campfire or, you know, or, or I think, you, you know, you did sort of stumble across um, a a very big bear by the looks of what I saw. Um, but, you know, for holidays I've had, there's been a moment, I don't know, be it a sunset or, um, you know, staring out to sea where I've had that that epiphany moment. Can you remember any of those or did you have any? Yeah, it'd be very difficult to single something out. But OK, if you're talking about a moment and you mentioned a sunset, we were on our last day on the Wind River and the most amazingly, staggeringly beautiful sunset rose over the mountains behind where we had come from. And it was a sort of, OK, goodbye to stage one of the journey. And what about for you, Chris? Um, I think individual moments, um, there are quite a few. And of course, it's it's been quite strange making a film about it, that in the process of editing it, we've reduced a month into an hour and 26 minutes. And of course, I've seen that film over and over in the editing stages. So my memories are a little bit influenced by the bits of footage I've seen lots. But there's a bit in the film where we have a, a near bear experience. And that will definitely stay with me because that, oh, yes. that was yeah. quite quite touch and go. Um, and, uh, and, and genuinely scary, but very exciting to get that close to um, Apex Predator and, uh, and its quarry. Um, so there was that, but also I think on a, um, a sort of less dramatic sense, just that simplicity of life that all you really need to do is get up in the morning, eat something for breakfast, have a coffee, paddle all day, make a fire, eat food, go to sleep and repeat. Everything is really simplified down and we were making film at the same time in fairness, so we have that, but you don't have all the sort of trappings that you have with modern life. Uh, we could simplify things and, and just focus on on traveling through that landscape is a is a really memorable thing for me as well so it's such a vast and beautiful landscape and like you say really it's one of those where you wake up you have something to eat and you let nature do the rest almost you know which is a wonderful wonderful thing and um you know i know that obviously you did things a certain way there out in the the Yukon but if you had to do it all again but not necessarily as great explorers but just for people who maybe aren't quite sure about going that far um, how would you do it? I would love to go back not as you say as as before probably take my wife with me and, and see see bits of the country we didn't see and see more of bits of the country we did see I would love to centre part of a holiday on Dawson City, which is fascinating. And it just has history running right through it. You, you can envisage the main street of Dawson as it might have been 100 years ago. And everything emanating from there, you can go out from Dawson and see nature really in its raw state. It would also be lovely to go slightly later than we did and have a chance to see all the glories of the colour in fall. And the, um, the migrations, the migrations of the caribou were just starting as we were driving away. You just saw 
little trails, animals were starting to move, and to see the the enormous migration would be a real thrill. And Chris, for you, what's uh, you know, if you could do it all again, only differently, how would that be? I suppose, um, firstly, there's there's also other types of expedition that you can do there. So in that in that watershed that I was talking about, there's five different rivers that are equally magnificent, I'm sure, um, to paddle. Um, there's there's places to adventure all over the place. We, we had a, a tantalising glimpse into the Tombstone National Park on the way back, uh, which looks amazing for hiking um, of all abilities. You know, you sort of leisurely le- hike through to some really quite quite wild, uh, right up to rock climbing and mountaineering type trips. So there's lots of that. And I, I'm having a, a young family now. I'd, I'd love to take them uh, to show them places. And my, my dad says uh, Dawson City, White Horse, because um, it's a very different type to, type of history to to, to what we have here, uh, and really interesting. I found things like uh, the fact that in Dawson City, because everything's built on permafrost, there's a service where they'll come round every year when your when your your house is has become unlevel because it's just built on on the permafrost, and they'll jack your house up and level it, um, <laughs> and things like that. It's just it's just fascinating, really. Yeah. Um, and we're learning about the the mining that some of these guys were uh, melting their way by making a campfire over over the permafrost, melting the soil, digging it out, repeat, repeat, and letting it refreeze. And that's the way they were they were getting in to find the gold. So loads and loads of really interesting things. It really sounds like it's cast a spell on you, the Yukon. I know that. So if there's any advice that you could give people who are going to be travelling out there or thinking of it, what would it be? I would say Della will probably be our our expert, especially on for certainly for the for the um, expeditioner or explorers. Mm-hmm. Um, just like Chris and now, there's so there's so much you can do, and and not quite as extreme as that. But what what would you say, Della? There's so there's so much more, isn't there? There is so much more. Absolutely, Paula. Um, and and Chris and Neil have done like the most amazing adventure, um, which obviously, you know, I've seen the film and I watched it again, actually, the other day prior to coming on to this. Um, but the Yukon is you can be as active or as inactive, you know, as you want to be. I think sometimes people look at the Yukon and think, oh, wow, you know, it's next to Alaska. It really is out there as, as a territory. Um, you know, it, maybe it's not for me because I'm not a kind of Chris and Neil uh, expedition type, you know, and, I, and certainly that applies to me, you know, even though I represent the Yukon here and I work with um, the likes of the lovely first class holidays, um, you know, I perhaps focus more on your average UK traveller who isn't going to have a month out there and, and do the amazing things that Chris and Neil did, but they're looking for adventure, um, but not necessarily quite so ad- adventurous. Um, you know, you can do things like, you know, get out on the water exactly like Chris and Neil did, but you can, you know, I've paddled up the Yukon River, for example, and, you know, you can do anything from a two-hour trip um, to, you know, a seven-day trip where somebody is taking the gear up for you ahead of you know sets up camp and all that kind of thing but you know for your average person that that may be starting in Whitehorse you can literally paddle right from Whitehorse effectively um you know you can you can get into a canoe or a dragon boat or you know um a kayak and go off for like I say just a morning and you know once you get on the water you can hear and see wildlife and it's just the most serene experience as you know as Chris and Neil really pointed out you know, earlier on, you know, it's just an amazing experience. But equally, 
you know, if you want to just be on a self-drive holiday and first class have got an amazing Yukon product, you know, you've got Yukon and Alaska combinations and you've got Seoul Yukon uh, self-drive itineraries, you know, you can do a great loop, um, you know, of, of anything up to a thousand miles in 10, 14 days, which sounds a lot, but on those roads, every road is a scenic road. It's not difficult to drive um, around the Yukon. It has 40,000 people in the size of Spain. So when you think of, you know, I think um, Chris touched on it earlier, you know, we have some amazing places in the UK, but we're sharing them with 66 million people. That's the big difference, you know. Um, but you can get you can go out to places like Tombstone. And you know, again, Chris was saying about Tombstone, that is one of my favorite places. Um, and in the fall, uh, you know, Neil was mentioning about, uh, you know like to see it in the fall that is absolutely my most favorite time yeah I was going to say to you the best time of year is there a best time well I mean we have you know as far as a summer kind of uh season is concerned it really is June 1st through to kind of mid-September um for the best weather um you know you can go slightly outside of that the great thing that I love about September um you know that that first couple of weeks is that you know really the fall starts in August late August I always normally go out um with travel agents at the beginning of September and you get to see the northern lights because our northern lights starts in August and goes through to April we have one of the longest seasons for for aurora viewing um but you also have those you know lovely mild days still um and that color you know tombstone is just a blaze of orange and yellow and red um you know in in the fall season um and it's just amazing and that tombstone you again you can go on a backcountry hike you can go off for days um or you can do something as simple as as the golden sides uh walk hike which i've done which is a couple of hours you know so you don't have to be a bear grills to enjoy the youth one you can be a wannabe bear grill so can't you? <laughs> you can you can exactly yeah absolutely and i'm loving what uh chris was saying about you know with a young family now we need you know we need some wannabe mini bear grills uh, on the case some cubs going on now don't we to uh, take up the role and um, you know maybe on a lesser scale than our two intrepid explorers but certainly um, mm -hmm. taking it all in and there's a lot to take in by the sounds of it so you were saying Della that you loved um, uh, Tombstone in particular um, but you must have some amazing memories, you know, some some moments as well. Um, I know you're in the industry and, you know, it's part of. But, uh, yeah, are there any personal sort of lovely moments that you can remember? Yeah, I mean, well, like, um, you know, Chris and Neil, I didn't see a bear in quite the same circumstance. <laughs> <laughs> that was Thankfully. so, that was close. Yeah, wasn't that it? was really, yeah. really close up. But I mean, pretty much every time I've gone, I've seen bears, obviously not in the winter so much, but, oh, you know, in the fall and the spring is when they are most kind of around. And um, generally you just see them walking out in front of you. And I've had that several times, you know, and you never really get over the, you know, the sort of awe of seeing bears you know and the thing is with the Yukon it's not what I call a Disney experience you know you don't you can't walk to a viewing platform and at two o'clock on a Saturday a bear's going to be waiting for you you know they mm. they just appear um and equally you know I was going along um we have something called the White Pass Railroad which is a very famous railroad trip between Skag Skagway and Whitehorse and um I was on that one day on a scenic day trip and I, something caught my eye and it was a moose literally swimming along in the in the lake which is what the railway skirts in parts um you know and I literally did a double take that there was this moose literally just outside the window bobbing along 
Um, you know, things like that. And flight seeing, I have to mention flight seeing because both Kluani and Tombstone, there's some amazing flight seeing trips. Um, and again, first class can add that to any, any Yukon holiday. Um, and it's just to see it from the air, Kluani National Park, which of course is a UNESCO heritage site, um, you know, is, is one of the largest um, you know, non-polar ice fields in the world, and one of one of the largest protected land masses. And when you see that from the air, and you land on a glacier, that's that's just something you never forget. I mean, you've got to be okay with the small planes. And I have had a couple of instances where I wasn't necessarily always okay with it. But it, it is something, I mean, it's a bit like when you, if you do one of those flight scenes over the Grand Canyon, you know, where you're going in a helicopter or little plane, and you look and you see that, magnitude for the first time and and you just look down and you think my god like you know we're just just these tiny little people it's just very special so chris and neil for you you know that moment when you're you've been on your trip and yours was you know a real true sort of lifetime experience of course but you know for all of us we go back on the plane and you sort of you know you're up in the air and you sort of look back down at you know the place that you've been to um you know, for you, can you remember that moment just looking back and looking down and thinking, wow, you know, what what, what have I just been through? What have I really just experienced? Because it must have, you know, it's a lot to take on board. Yeah, we had a running downtime in Vancouver and we needed it. Um, we stayed there for about three days. It, it took a while to chip away the fact that we were back in civilization, um, And... When you get near the end of a big venture, you're sort of ready for it. You, you, you've mentally prepared yourself to stop. And so you get over that. Um, once you get back home and you're right away from it, then you really start to miss it. <laughs> <laughs> Della, for you, um, you know, really, we're, we're encouraging the fact that, you know, you don't have to be an intrepid explorer. You can have family, you know, young kids, you can be a bit older and maybe you want to take things slow. Um, and it really is a place for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and RV is another way of seeing us, you know, I mean, if you don't want to do, um, you know, um, overnighting in hotels and moving along, um, you can just base yourself in Whitehorse and do quite a lot out of Whitehorse itself. Um or, you know, an RV gives you, again, another opportunity. And I know First Class can handle that kind of inquiry as well for you. So an RV, we're perfect for that. When I first did it, I thought, oh, my goodness, I'm going to be like National Lampoon Vacation. I'm never going to manage like a motor. I've never, never handled a motorhome at all. Um, but it's so easy in the Yukon, you know, because there's there's nothing like traffic jam. I mean, you know, there's, there's rush minute. That is literally what they call it. And that is true in Whitehall. So, you know, the things you worry about perhaps if you're going on a on a, a what kind of an adventure holiday oh you know am I going to be handling the roads okay it's the other side of the road it, it really you don't have to worry there is never congestion there is just wide open spaces great roads great highways um and I would agree totally with Neil when he said about Dawson City that again another one of my favorite places you know you go there and it's like a movie set you know when I take them away, they say wow it's like Universal Studios it doesn't look real it's this gold rush town that's just you know it's a thriving little town and obviously you know it's it's right in the modern day but it it's just this little historic 
capsule that you know you just don't see anywhere else i'm there with you all the way absolutely especially with the rv i think a lot of people are really sort of into that at the moment even in the uk you know that uh, people are sort of branching out a bit more and feeling more mm. confident to sort of do that sort of thing and of course the yukon will be the perfect place definitely especially yeah. with like just like della said there's there's no big crowds so there's no if you have even for the first time rv renters mm. um it will be the perfect opportunity perfect location to to incorporate it or even just for a week or you know as part of an itinerary you mm-hmm. don't have to do the whole the whole itinerary just in one mode of transport this is the beauty of Canada and Yukon especially that you can pick and choose have different adventures mm-hmm. along the way and have different modes of transport different experiences um, and combining with going to other parts of Canada so just like Chris and Neil did the Yukon perfect destination but because of its accessibility as well Della isn't it that maybe you would sometimes go via somewhere anyway to get there yeah absolutely you know we're we're, we are certainly well placed to be combined with Alaska we get quite a lot of traffic that comes in from Anchorage um, and does like it lends itself almost to like a figure of eight between Alaska and the Yukon so we do get a lot of people that do that Um, we also get people that um, have a few nights in Vancouver Um, you know Neil was mentioning Vancouver it's an amazing vibrant city complete contrast obviously you know in terms of its population everything to the Yukon but you know if you want your city fix most flights will go via Vancouver that's the regular route so we often get people that will do you know three nights two nights in Vancouver and then it's a two and a half hour flight to Whitehorse from there so it's a great way of breaking that journey if you don't want to do it all in one go um you know that that's perfect but yeah we we neighbor British Columbia to the south obviously Northwest Territories to the east and Alaska um to the west so we can be pretty much combined with with any of those so just again a quick reminder um Chris uh, for people who haven't seen um, your your adventures? Um, yeah, just a quick reminder where they could see it. Um, so it's, it's it's available on um, three main platforms at the moment. Um, you can uh, see it on Vimeo. Um, it's available on Amazon Prime, and it's quite recently been released on Netflix as well. So it's it's available uh, in all those places for uh, for your entertainment. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. I mean, it's been so interesting. It really has. And you've really given us a great insight into um, the beauty of the place and your experiences there. Um, And like I say, we're probably all sitting on the edges of our seats. So Paula, you're the one from First Class Holiday to tell us how do we go about booking it all? Well, yes, we are standing by to help you as we speak. So yeah, contact us or via your local independent travel agent. We can always recommend one if you don't have one. Um, And we can put together any itinerary for you. So certainly, like some of the things we've discussed, um, everything from multi-generation to multi-destination holidays to canoeing trips. We do have some canoeing photography um, trips and um, wildlife self-drives, incorporating the railroad. You name it, we can do it. So we literally will put together an itinerary and we have some of our favourites in our, in our brochure that we, we t- are tried and tested for the Yukon, but we tailor-make everything. So if there's something particularly or 
maybe some passengers have seen Chris and Nell's adventures yeah. and um, and want to incorporate something that they make. Maybe not quite as extreme, but um, we do. I know we do feature a canoe trip as well in 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 one of our packages. So um, yes, we are standing by. We can put together anything for for any customer that is planning on doing things. And we're we're booking a lot for this year. So Canada is is open for business, um, and we are booking a lot in advance for next year as well. So you can book for the following year too. So just please let us know, and we would love to help you. Well, that's you know it, it's overwhelming when when you hear about sort of the choice of the adventures mm. you can have and the diversity of the Yukon itself. It's um it is overwhelming. For someone like be. me, so I presume yeah. that's why we come to people like you at first class. Definitely, and this is it. We will guide you, and and certainly all we want to know is maybe what your interests are, what you would like to see and do, um, or if you wanted us to recommend things. You know, mm. if it's an area, the Yukon is has this mystery about it, doesn't it? So that a lot of people don't know as much about it um, and for that reason you know and all the logistics of things we can help put together all of that for you so yes please we are we are more than happy and we'd love to make your your adventures a reality well i i do hope that a lot of people are intending mm-hmm. on making um what we've spoken about today a reality with the help of first class and i just want to say thank you so much for your time to Chris and Neil and to Della. Um, It's been really, really interesting um, to hear from our very three special guests um, today. And of course, Paula, thank you from First Class Holidays. And and if you've enjoyed this episode, then um, please subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you can get the next episode on release day. How about that? And um, don't forget, you can find your perfect escape for you by searching for First Class Holidays today. And as for us, where we'll see you next time for your next escape. <laughs>